Hello and welcome to the first episode of Mid-Era Meets, the monthly podcast where we talk to a wide range of people from the music industry. This month it's Cheryl Pinero, bass, badass extraordinaire for bands like The Go Team, The Ravens, Queen Kwong, The Microdance, Salt Ashes and more. She's also starred in the music video for High Contrast Shotgun Mouthwash on the Trainspotted 2 soundtrack, as well as appearing in the Guitar Hero series of games as a secret character. I spoke to Cheryl earlier this year in central London, where we had a nice cup of tea, and we spoke about her influences, her career, her motivations, and the industry in general. So let's hear what she's got to say. Okay, well, thank you very much for, for talking to me. Thanks for having me here. It's great to see you. Um, I want to ask you about your early memories of music, um, where sort of music started for you. Uh, I guess maybe if I go back, I think I'd started remembering it from like the age of five, around that time, um, when I had music television for the first time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I was watching that basically all day when my parents weren't home and I could turn on the TV. And I remember seeing bands like, you know, No Doubt and like Gwen Stefani, it was like super cool. So I was like, oh man, I want to be on stage and do push-ups, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and walk out. And, um, and it started there. So yeah, it's like 90s music and like rock music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, MTV sort of made music videos quite big, didn't yeah, it? Like, exactly. The fast cutting of videos started to happen. Yeah, and there was like no real... commercials. It was like one music video after another one, and that's like what you watched all day. And then in between the headshots where they were interviewing artists, like it was a whole different era to mm. now, you know. Definitely, it's and cool. I think the music industry in the '90s was also like an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah. In terms of like the money they had and. And the music videos that they made, you know, like it was an actual thing. Yeah. Like turning on the TV and like going to see, you know, MTV or. You know, it was called Viva in Germany, so this was like a music channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watch that as, as much as you wanted. Like they even had like one that had no shows at all, so it was just music videos all day and you can send a text message to like vote for your favorite music video to come on. Mm-hmm. And then you would wait the whole day to see <laughs> if you know there were enough votes so that you could see it. And so, but it was cool because you could kind of see what was really popular at that time. Yeah. So like, some music videos they would run like three times a day because that song was so popular you know mm. it was it was a completely different era but it was cool yeah i remember those uh, those days were amazing do you have like so when did you sort of pick up did, did you like aspire if you aspire to be gwen stefani i guess uh, she was awesome she like she was amazing. she was the first woman i think i've seen on tv that like in rock music where i was like oh man she's awesome you know mm-hmm. And she's still, she's still she, awesome, she, isn't She's she? like a vampire. She doesn't age. <laughs> <laughs> still a babe. Yeah. Cool. And so when did you go from like watching the television mm. to being like, A, I want to do that and B, give me something to make music with? Like when did that sort of start for you? Um, I think when I was like nine, my sister got an electric guitar from my dad, but she never really picked it up. Um, and... I remember, this is like really weird, but I remember watching like, as I said, music videos all day when my parents were in, at work. And 
um, there was a song called uh, Freestyler by the Boom Funk MCs. Do you remember, <laughs> I remember that? that very well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I saw a live performance, you know, on on TV, um, and the bass line in that song yeah, is it's like it's kind of it's more of a bass synth actually. But he had yeah. they had a bass player like massive hair. And when he played that on stage, I don't know, something changed in me. And I, I absolutely love that song back then. I still love it, actually. It's a cool song. But, yeah, the um, bass line's amazing. It's, it's, re- it's very catchy. Yeah. Boom, boom. The, it's uh, yeah, so like cool. The and the rhythm is really game. weird, too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just watched him, and I couldn't get that sound out of my ears. So when my dad came home the same night, I already opened the door before he even came in. And I was like... I want to learn the guitar. And he was like, well, your sister has one, so just take that one. I was like, no, the one with the four strings. And he was like, oh, bass. And I was like, yes, whatever that's called, you know. And then he was like, oh, you can't play that. And, uh, and yeah, he said, he, I can't play because my hands were too small and because it's for boys. <laughs> so they obviously, like, that made me want it even more because yeah, I just definitely. wanted to prove him wrong. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I picked it up when I was finally, with 13, I got my bass guitar, my first bass, and I started playing right away. You studied in um, Aberdeen, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I That's did. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, uh, my education is not music-based at all. So I, have, I did my master's degree in, in Aberdeen, and I moved to London just after to then fuck it all and play music, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, great. What did you yeah. study then in Aberdeen? In- international business. Really? Mm, I have two wow. business degrees, so... Do you? Yeah incredible yeah i mean how many people say to you i would never have imagined <laughs> that you did i know it's it's a bit like uh, like there's a you know there's a different side to me as well like you know i i kind of like that i have i can do different jobs you know and it, it gets it gives me maybe a little bit of security in terms of just a piece peace of mind really yeah, you yeah, know if yeah, yeah, yeah. that if the music thing doesn't work out I can go back to being business Cheryl you know <laughs> that would be an interesting Cheryl yeah I know I guess, I guess those, some of those skills are transferable I guess it makes you well organized and absolutely it means you're good with numbers good with teams you yeah know. you're not sort of overwhelmed by a lot of information mm-hmm. you're probably quite good at categorizing it and yeah things. it's also like understanding you know I mean business industry like any industry is like you know it takes a while until you get the hang of it you know and you understand how things work mm. but especially music business is kind of brutal so it's good to you know understand the language that people are speaking about you especially in terms of money and like you know whatever branding marketing anything you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah that's also okay yeah, what you're getting yourself into you know mm-hmm. yeah so it helps. I'm, I'm, I don't have any regrets in uh, spending years of my life. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. So you sort of moved down to London with with the the fire inside to, to yeah, go and like, to, like the music to industry. do. Like I've always played music anyway, but then I was like this. I'm gonna give like I'm gonna do it 100%. Like I'm at least I'm gonna give it a go to go 100%. You know, it's like you have to make that decision. I think, otherwise you will be in between. Like. In, it was never like it was never just a hobby anyway, but like it takes some balls I think to like really be like okay I'm gonna put my career on hold, or you know whatever you were building up to that point, yeah. and then just go and start something almost completely new. Mm-hmm. It's just a different approach to how you were doing it before, and that takes some you know 
I don't know, like convincing for yourself as well. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's probably would be looked at on paper as like a high risk strategy. Absolutely. But in actual fact, you know, to get where you want to go, you need to take risks. I mm. think. You yeah. know, I think it is a high risk strategy, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't excel without no. those risks. You know. That's the thing. Like, like the possibly the best things in life. They. They could happen if you go in a hundred percent. Like if you dive in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're if you if you're like it's because the risk is like it's scary, you know. But like if you don't do it a hundred percent, you can't get the one hundred percent in the best scenario. You yeah. Know? So and there's always a chance that it's a lose lose situation, but it might also be a win win situation. So. Exactly, and I think for you it was. It seems to be like a, a very good decision. Yeah. You became super successful. Yeah. You're in such an amazing list of bands. Thank um, you. Because I've read a lot about Queen Kong over the last few days yes. and realised that I mean she's like absolutely amazing. Yeah, she seems to be really uh, well established and well respected, yes. um, sort of internationally. Mm-hmm. The band is basically the you know, Corey Calloway. Um, she is Queen Kwong, basically. I saw her at the um, in London. When was that? In December, 2015, I think. I saw her play with my friends, um, and we just had a conversation. And I, I I've heard of her before um, through my former bandmates and other friends, but I've never seen her live. And she was she's known for being a really great performer. So um, yeah, we went down to see her. She was amazing. And then I saw her at the Green Door store in Brighton again. Oh wow, great, great yeah. venue. Love that venue. Uh, absolutely, so punk. Yeah. Um, sort of perfect like... venue for her as well. It was really, it was a really cool show. And um, I was really impressed. I mean, she, what she pulls off on stage and like the energy that they create, uh, I was so impressed. And yeah, we we became friends, you know. And then it just uh, she she, uh, she changed her lineup um, in the year after and. Uh, it kind of just happened. It just came together. So I started playing bass for for them mm-hmm. for the UK show. So yeah, it's really cool, and I'm really happy about that. It's yeah, because she's got um, quote from she was found by Trent Reznor. Yeah. it says when she was like 17. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's no mean feat. That's pretty big. She isn't is it? super awesome. Like, and like, you know, like we're kind of we're like more or less the same age and everything. Like it's really you know it's, if you meet someone who's like you're really impressed by you have a lot of respect for and then to be on stage with someone performing together like it's just the best thing ever you know like yeah it must be incredible and I can't imagine the because you say about like her presence or her energy on stage Um, and that was what caught me about you like and and I think we me and my friend just spent the whole gig talking about how cool you looked and how much presence you had and and I don't think I even looked at the other two band members for the whole gig it's like oh that girl's so amazing what is it about this girl thank you you know like the way yeah you have this amazing energy of um, magnetism you've written magnetism in your bio and I think that's a really yeah. good way to sum it up it is um, thank you very much I mean it's it's always like you know if you're a musician like for me like I don't see myself just as a musician. I do see myself also as a performer. Mm-hmm. But I'm a bass player. You know, I'm a mainly a bass player. But like, the performance is absolutely connected to everything I do. I've never been one of those. Even when I was young, I was never one of those people who went on stage and like never moved. Like I've been a headbanger forever, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's because when I saw bands play, that is what you know 
what I found like amazing about them. Like they go, they literally go out of themselves to put down a performance and to like create this energy that sucks you in when you see them. Mm. And you, ideally, you don't, you can't get out until the show is over. And then I, you know. I think that's what happens. I think you've captured that. I don't know how you've done it. It's like a magic spell. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Uh, Thank you. Let's talk about the Ravens mm-hmm. for a minute because that's like your. That's my band. Yeah, that, and that, and that's I don't know like when I when I see your stuff when you're playing and when you're together like yeah those those are those are the right people yeah, together. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, so we formed this band in July uh, 2015, um, and basically none of us really knew each other. Um, Jimmy and Robbie came together because. At one point, they, they both sessioned for this artist called Ebony Bones, yeah. but never in the same lineup. Oh, really? But the guy oh, that cool. was either with Jimmy or with Robbie thought that they would really get along. So he was like, I think you should meet each other. Awesome. So they hung out one day, had a beer, and then they decided, okay, let's play some music. So they started jamming, I think, I don't even know if it was in the same night, but basically the song Come and Get Me. That is like the original Raven song. Mm-hmm. So they started um, jamming this one and then made a recording, a really rough one. And meanwhile, we we wrapped the Guitar Hero shoot. And I met Jimmy at the at the rap party, and we were both quite drunk. Uh, but we had a brief conversation. I basically just told him that he's an amazing drummer. You know, I was like, oh, you're the, you're the coolest looking drummer ever. And he was like, oh my god. And uh, we were friends on Facebook, but you know how I mean, social media is like connecting, you know, and yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. always have an, um, an instant conversation, even though you know each other. Mm-hmm. So um, he hit me up after they had this jam and he was like, hey, Cheryl, I think we never met. And I was like, yeah, we totally did. And he was so embarrassed. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but then he's, he basically saw a picture of me and he was like, that's the bass player that we want to have. So he asked me, and I listened to that song, and I made, I wrote a bassline over it, and it sounded already really cool. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of a band already, and then I am, and then we were looking for a singer, but I wanted to have a female singer. So I was like, I wanted to be two girls, two boys, because you know, I, I love playing with female artists. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I just yeah, it's need sort of a change. Like equilibrium there, yeah, there? yeah, and I, I love that. That's that's what I want, you know, mixed or you know. I'm a feminist, so I've played with boys my whole life, you know, so I was like, let's mix it up. We're in London, I mean, come on. Hmm. Um, so. And she came from a band that has one of the coolest names ever. Yeah. Was it something like She's Dead? You, you love, love her because she's, she's dead. dead, yeah. <laughs> I love that band. Massive band, yeah. So, yeah, she auditioned for it. So, she met us through the internet, basically, found us, and like the music came in. I wasn't even there, so we basically wrote songs piece by piece before we were even, I think. Lights On and Come and Get Me were written before we even were a full band. And Julia came in and basically her audition, or whatever you want to call it, was to sing vocals on the track. And she absolutely nailed it. So Fire and Lights On were pretty much done after her audition, you know? Was it the take audition that's in the track? (laughs) Almost. Like, we didn't change very much, actually, but um, it was absolutely amazing. That's brilliant. It was out of the question, you know? She was the first one that we wanted to see anyway, and 
because I already knew that you know this would be a really really great combination of people. It's so great when you can like foresee those things happening Absolutely. and go, oh, wouldn't it be great if this works out? And then they come in and and, and they nail, do it. nail it. Yeah. Am I right in thinking you self-manage? Yourself? Yeah. So um, from from that time that we I think it was October then that we were really a band, uh, we did. We, you know we. We took our photos and everything, and we literally were still writing songs for six months before we even started gigging, before we even played them in one room together. We were just writing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we have, we absolutely did everything on our own. So the writing, the recording, the mixing, masters, like, you know, we have people, we have people helping us with our pictures and stuff, but like the bookings, like literally cutting the EPs and like stamping, you know, putting stamps on them and the t-shirts make the designs ourselves and that stuff you know we work with people who are like a part of our team but like we make the decisions all together that must be pretty empowering yeah i think in in, in terms of nowadays it might it might be the like not the way to go but a way to go depending on what you want you know but things are a little bit out of balance so if if you do that you basically need to fund your touring yourself mm. and then like you need to manage your money really well because if if you want to go abroad which we have done a couple of times you know it's always like getting the money to go touring and then making the money back so and then reinvesting it into your merch or whatever so there is a way to make it happen but you really have to work together mm -hmm. and, and I think it's like we were saying before about having that, like the connection with people uh, when you have important. that connection mm -hmm. you're able to do the things beyond just yeah you know, uh, like, like ABC band stuff, as of, you know, you're able to, I know, and I guess if you really feel the music, you're also passionate and you want to get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that helps in managing. I mean, it's like too. being on stage with the Ravens, it's like looking at it, like I have that with everyone that I play with anyway, but if it's your own project and you write your own music, you know, it, may, it adds something extra special to it anyway, but like you're on stage playing together, sound is like really getting to you as well. And that radiates back to the, the audience, ideally, you know. So it's like being oppressed by what is going on on stage, you know, and then really enjoying it. I love yeah, that. and maybe a feeling of like, fuck, we did something amazing yeah. tonight. Or, yeah. I mean, you also, you're not just a bass player, are you? Uh, well, I love doing different things. Yeah. <laughs> I love, well, I love playing bass. That's always number one. But yeah, I do different things as well. So, so you did a lot of vocals with the micro dance. Yeah. So that, right? that band, I. You know, basically was a bass player, but they they have like male female vocals, so I had to do all of that too. So that was pro probably the first band where I had to sing like like play bass and sing 50/50, which was like challenging, but learned so much and such beautiful songs. Like Alex is a very talented songwriter, so uh, yeah. So I do backing vocals, like no lead or anything like that. You know. Yeah. It's cool. like you mentioned the synth bass, which mm. got my ears yeah. up in the air. Because um, yeah. I saw you with your synth pedal. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, um, I do love boss pedals. Um, I've always played them. They were, they were always kind of my choice number one. And yeah, I recently um, uh, got the uh, the SY three hundred. So I'm like playing around with that one at the moment, mm -hmm. which is interesting because it, it is. I was like trying to bridge the gap between playing bass synth like on a keyboard you know and doing it on my actual bass mm -hmm. um, so that kind of pedal helps to maybe bridge the gap you know for live performances yeah um, 
it also depends on the music, but I kind of like this blend of making it sound like making it sound and also making it look natural. You know, and then you have that electronic key bit on top of it. Yeah. So depending on the song and what was used in the production and what they would want in a live setting, the artist or you know, the band or whatever, I guess you kind of have to find a balance for that. But um, I think nowadays, because there's so there's being since like synthesizers are being used so much in um, in music nowadays. Uh, I guess it's good to just like look and see what you can do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like test the water. Because, for example, with uh, Soul Tashes, yeah, a lot of the bass stuff in there is a, like electronic bass, isn't mm. it? Like Save Me, yeah, which is a really great track. Yeah, uh, I mean, absolutely. That's an awesome her track. track's like such a good songwriter. Yeah. Very talented too. Yeah, she's got a great voice, hasn't she? Beautiful. Uh, one of you know the best singers I've ever met in my life. Uh, absolutely talented. Yeah, she, her bass, like her spray sounds and, you know, what it synth sounds, like everything, they're, they're really, really great. Um, it was interesting to, you know, play for her because I, we were trying to find a balance for her performance as well. I would see like, okay, what, what am I playing? How am I playing it? You know, how is it coming together? So I'm glad that you liked it. Shotgun mouthwash. Yeah. That was really, really, really cool. Uh, how did that come about? Because I mean, Lincoln, Lincoln's really well established in the music industry. Yeah. I've, um, he's from Cardiff. I think he's from Penarth in Cardiff, and I have a, I lived in Cardiff for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, so I know people that have always talked about Lincoln as like, oh God, he's you know the god yeah. of really cool. drum and bass. How did how did that come about? What was it like? Yeah, I mean the um, the director of the video, um, Chris Turner. He uh, he basically approached me for uh, for it, um, and you know they, they needed a, a bass player for for the, the band, you know, setting um, in the video. And yeah, I absolutely loved his work. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'm up for it, you know. And then um, I didn't even know who the artist was until like later in the process. Um, of everything getting confirmed, uh, but it was like Lincoln is like super nice. It was such a great atmosphere on on the set itself, and um, I mean the the treatment of the video is absolutely. It was so interesting to be part of, you know, a shoot like this, mm-hmm. very full on and like lots of action, and Bloods. you know like stun people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So which. It's very gritty in a way, you know, and I I love the mood of the video, you know, yeah. not to you know not to be like oh I love violence or whatever, you know, but I love like Tarantino movies, for example, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just like kind of had like a little bit of that vibe, like. And so you're like you're like providing the energy for that track and for the video because until you strum yeah. the guitar, it's very quiet and it's like. <laughs> the beginning is hilarious when he's like playing that little synth. Yeah, he turns on his Casio yeah. keyboard. Yeah. yeah. He, he was. Uh, he did really well. It's like I, I was really, you know, lots of respect because, like, acting those bits that could not have been very easy, and he delivered like 100. percent So. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about it now. That the fact that he's like, you know, he's an established artist, and you don't often see an established artist getting punched in the face. Yeah. 
multiple times yeah, and eventually really. like dragged off and probably killed. Yeah. I think that's a really it's quite a subversive idea. It's not yeah. like you know I'm the king, I'm the best. No, yeah. Don't touch me, you know. I'm, I'm this mystical character. Absolutely. It's, people are spitting at him and punching him. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. No, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was amazing. And yeah. To be part of something like Transport must have been incredible. Yeah, I mean it's a great song, you know. So I was I was just happy to. You know, being his bass player for the shoot. Yeah. I totally blew my mind because about two weeks before that, he messaged. He he started following me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I can't. Ah, oh, because we're talking about documentary. He talks about documentaries, and then, and he sent me a direct message. I was like, "Fuck, this is crazy." He was asking me about a particular synthesizer. Oh, wow. and I was having trouble with it, and uh, I was, you know, I was like, "Fuck, this is amazing." Mm-hmm. Like, high contacts asked me about. Um, how to program a keyboard and yeah. I knew like off the top of my head what to do and then two weeks later I saw you it's a whole world that's awesome yeah it's brilliant um, so yeah I mean you've done your like diversifying a little bit in terms of not just doing music mm. um, so yeah you were also a character in the, one of the Guitar Hero games yeah that's probably one of the sickest things ever. Um, yeah, that came. I, I just got a, you know, I guess a casting call for for that. Pretty much out of the blue, um, and got invited for the casting, and they needed a bass player. And I did all same. Like, you don't necessarily know what this is until you know, mm-hmm. you know. So what would the casting call be? What would that look like to you? So that's just like, uh, you know, female bass player blah blah so you go in and like perform a song and yeah and that's it like you know you just perform and even when you're performing would you not know what that was for no really well it depends on the project you know but uh, uh, what it is and how you I guess you know confidential or whatever the confidentiality is always uh, you know of, of course in, in place anyway but um, yeah so just being a bass bass player you know and then uh, and then like few weeks later you're like on shoot and you know then things become more specific mm-hmm. and yeah it was absolutely amazing experience to be part of this and I mean I've obviously I've played the game before myself for my versions was always really bad at it too oh god I suck um, it should be pretty good oh my god but it's like it's just like crazy you know how these things are being done it's very interesting yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So amazing. did they do like motion capture of Yeah, you? we did mocap, um, and then basically perform the songs. And because it's like you know, because the mood changes depending on how good or bad you play, you have to like act a little bit in terms of your expression, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Get it together!" You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff, uh, which is like hilarious it was also challenging so I learned a lot like camera movements and like you know everything happened so fast and di- getting directions and, you know it's cool amazing experience it is amazing yeah I, I'm a big computer games fan at heart like retro games and stuff yeah. so um, I guess what they, those things are is like a, a bridge between like being able to play an instrument and mm. sort of just being able to like push buttons yeah um, absolutely so yeah, I mean, it's an amazing thing to cross over for, for people to play computer games and see these people on stage. Mm. 
and sort of feel, oh, I could sort of, I could maybe do that. I could perform. I'm, yeah. Just, they make it so real, don't they? Because the crowd's all like going crazy yeah, when you're yeah. playing well, exactly. and they like walk away when you're playing badly. Yeah. I think it's a good. It's it's sort of an incentive for for like for kids to maybe think about being mm-hmm. bands. And, it's like the ideal, like, I mean, if you're good, it's like the ideal situation that is like kind of, you know, being created there. But I love the, I did, you know, I do love the concept of Guitar Hero Live. And like, it's not animated anymore, you know, it makes it like so much more real when you play the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I mean, I, I met Jimmy through this and a lot of other amazing musicians, you know, so, um, yeah. Absolutely, that will always be very special to me. Yeah, I think when you have that like synchronicity, when something else comes from something yeah. else, you know that that was like the right place to be. Yeah, exactly, like, the right people, and yeah. yeah. And I mean, like people were like following me because of the game, you know, which is like super surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you also did a session for BBC Introducing in the yeah. South, didn't you? Yeah, that was Malita, fun. With Malita, Malita, yeah, yeah, she's oh, she's she's hilarious. Um, yeah, that was fun. A bit nerve-wracking, you know, to be. I've been I've been on radio in years until that point, but I think it it uh, turned out to be like a really really cool performance. Um, and I mean, Vega, you know, she's super consistent, smashes it every time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know, but that was a really nice uh, radio session actually. Super chill vibes. Yeah, Melita's really good. Yeah. Um, I submitted a track for BBC Introducing when I first moved down south mm. and she played that track last oh, the awesome. first week I'd submitted a track ever to, yeah. to Introducing Down South and I, I pretty much blew my mind because yeah. I was just like I oh, you know what I just send this and she played it last and I was like wow yeah, she's, she's, she's cool really cool yeah so I she, like her yeah, but, yeah she's really good and she said you were great as well yeah. she said, she said I think she called me badass, badass. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ah, who wrote your bio on your website? This is just a... Oh, um, yeah, so I have a friend who's a copywriter, so I did, I did not write that by myself. Right, <laughs> that saying. is awesome. Yeah, he's that very talented. That is an awesome talented, bio. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, I write product reviews for our company, and I'm always reading artist bios. Okay. And a lot of the time, it's like a balance of, like, this is absolute bullshit, this isn't real, they're overshooting this mm. personality. Or it's just bland and, like, seven pages of yeah. once upon a time. There, there. Yeah. But yours is, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did not want that, you know. Yeah. But yours is like it, it, it. There's no, there's no bollocks in it. Everything that you're saying in that bio, it's just so well written. And, yeah. and take it from me, I've written like I've read thousands of them. <laughs> okay. And yours really punches. It's really good. So whoever wrote that is very. He knows very me really talented. well. Like we played, you know, we've 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 played together. We've you know worked together as musicians as well, and we're friends. Like he knows me really well, so. You know, thanks to him, he nailed it. Yeah, he you know? really did. Nail and it's like it's like it is a bit weird when other people write about you, you know, because of you know it can be quite a bit overwhelming sometimes as well. But you know, but I liked what he did, and I was like, yeah, I think that's it, you know. Yeah. And I think the key to it is it's like not overselling it. No, There's no need to and not to be too it. humble either, you know. Mm. Depending on obviously what this is for, but if. If people wanted to read something about you, and they, there isn't any other, out, you know, media anyway, you know, because if, if you're like a musician in London, like there is a gazillion musicians in London, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But if anyone made the effort to specifically find you, 
then you know at least they get like kind of an idea hopefully about you mm -hmm. and then they look into your music maybe or whatever you know happens and that's I think cool. it's excellent I always say like they've got a punch like those yeah. sort of I guess in terms of like yeah for people who want to be in music mm -hmm. having a good bio is, is, is really very important. important yeah you got to set the first impression if you can't make that through your performance or personally you know so if, if that's where people find you at first you got to leave an impression somehow so maybe not once upon a time you know <laughs> Yeah, they're absolutely smashing it. So I mean, what's the girl's name? Chiara. Yeah, Chiara? so Chiara Cecchioni. Um, so she is, I mean, one of my closest friends. Absolutely so talented, and uh, she does a lot of work for the Ravens. So I met her through the band, through Julia. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so she she does like all the artwork, any design that we want to come up with, like video content, anything. The girl can like literally do anything. So yeah, she's amazing. It's so good to have those people that are like yeah. multi-faceted. Oh, absolutely. Such a sick photographer as well. But like, like I said, it's the same thing. Like if you have a chemistry with the people behind the lens, you know, like it, it will radiate. Like mm -hmm. you feel comfortable and you trust them. And with Kira, I always know, you know, I always know good will come out of this, you know. So you're just like, you're more loose anyway. It's like natural, you know, because you know, they know what they're doing. You know what you're doing. And then... The outcome can only be good in that yeah. case, you know. Did you have dreams of being on stage? Did you, yeah, what, I mean, what part of it did you want? Yeah, I mean, I guess it can, kind of came like you know when the first time you do it and it changes something in you. It's just like that song I heard and I wanted to start playing bass. It's like it makes click in your head and then you're like, wow, this was like an ultimate experience. I want to do more of that, you know. But then, in order for you to do that, you need to work hard. Yeah. To to do that again to maintain doing that and you know to maybe do even more once you have become better at that you know mm -hmm. so it doesn't happen if you don't study your instrument if you don't practice if you don't you know you know even maybe work on your performance but in however way that is so it's like you have to put in the work to excel in in the best case or however good you want to be and if if that's you know whether you just enjoy playing music, write for yourself, you, you don't want to be in a band or play with other people, that's totally cool, just depends on what you want, but yeah. I think that's really good advice, you I know? think that's really good advice for young people is like that perseverance, that yeah. determination. The intention for me was not to become famous, you know, like, or is not, you know, it's, yeah. I love playing bass and that's what I want to do and you know, if I succeed, you know, earning my income with that, and that's absolutely like the best possible yeah, like, I could have done. It helps. It helps me to be versatile and to be able to do different things, like being comfortable, obviously playing bass, being on stage, playing different kinds of music. Um, you know, if, if I love it, and performing with all different kinds of performance or bands, and you know. Being in front of the camera, whether that's for photos, videos, video games, or I don't even know, you know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I'm very lucky, I consider myself really lucky to, um, that I had these opportunities to, you know, 
explore myself even, you know. Yeah. But and I think I think you've taken those opportunities, you know, when they've come along. Yeah. Which which is another key sort of character trait. Um, it does lead me perfectly onto a question, which was, where, where is your comfort zone? I don't even know. <laughs> um, I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, I think at the moment, I really try not to get comfortable. Like, the, the second... The second I feel like, oh, like this is this is flowing really well. You know what? I mean, life gets in between anyway, so things are constantly changing. And um, I guess the comfort zone would be to be headli- like to play a headline show with my own band. Like that would be a really nice comfort to have right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think for me it was like working really hard and uh, you know trying to do the things that I really want to do and playing with the people I really want to play with. You know, if the opportunities come up and whatever, to just make that work itself. And then the comfort is when you're on tour and you play every night and you travel and you see the world and that's your job. Like that is literally the most amazing experience ever because you worked really hard to get to this point and then you can like basically sit back for a second and just focus on your performance and then give it all every night in different cities, different countries. That's, I guess, a comfort zone in itself, you know. Yeah. I mean, even like, even for me, like, I've been actually, sound-wise, I get a lot of inspiration, probably most inspiration from guitar players. Because those were always like, you know, I mean, growing up, like, you know, in a small town, like, with hardly any music scene around you. Um, there's, and then barely having internet back in the day, you know, like, there's so much information that you can get. Um, so there were a lot of guitarists that I looked up to in terms of the performance and the sound and like John Forciante for example from the Red Hot Chili Peppers like a major influence I think that guy is so talented and I love like the sound elements that he uses and then I don't know like I guess without even like saying that is influencing me as a bass player but there is some kind of influence there as yeah. definitely from the Red Hot Chili Peppers channeling yeah, like just in terms of the energy that they create with their sounds in one song. Placebo as well. Yeah, they have amazing oh bass lines, man. The rhythm section, like all of them. I Placebo is like one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Uh, and Block Party, like those two bands also. They had a major influence on me growing up. But yeah, it's like, it's just like a vibe thing, I think. Even like Block Party, like they, they probably changed my life, you know. They, they, that was the band that got me into Indian alternative music in the really? first place. Yeah. Wow, really? Where um, would that have been? So when I was, um, I was like into rock music and I, I listened to a lot of like, I don't know, like ACDC, Kiss, The Donnas, they were one of my favorite bands growing up. And when I got into my first indie band, they were like talking about indie music and I was like, whoa, what is that? You know, I wasn't, even though I heard like, you know, Bank it, like in the charts or whatever, but they were like, they sent me home. So I was in the band already, but they sent me home and they were like, Cheryl, listen to this listen to Silent Alarm by Block Party and the first Interpol record that came out then, you know, and then I was like, I was like, okay, so I listened to it, and I mean, that that was like the kind of music that you need to get into in order to understand it, right? Mm -hmm. So it took me a while, but man, after that, I could never go back, you know? Silent Alarm is like one of my absolute favorite records ever, you know, and I think Kelly is such an amazing songwriter and artist. 
Yeah, he's um, got a great voice. Oh my god, I love his voice so much. Um, and like the way he writes and the way he sings. And they have that electronic influence as well, you know, because it comes back to like listening to that 90s music, you know, and then you're in, in indie music and then electronic music kind of comes back to it. And that has always, that has always been a very interesting mix to me. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are a great, but I mean, even like lyrically, it's quite emotional. It's yeah. quite sort of um, fragile yeah. lyrics sometimes. But they're really, you know, people connect to that because yeah, everyone's no, you know, we're it's all. It's so pretty. real sometimes, like it hurts. You know, it's like with the placebo song too. Like sometimes you hear stuff they sing and you're like, oh, damn. oh god, I don't think. Yeah, there's so many songs that I'm like, fuck, that just sums everything up. The yeah. whole the whole thing you may be going through or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, drama is going on, but like it's. It's so beautiful because you can connect to that, and that's ideally what you would want if you write music, I guess. You know? Yeah. I mean, how do you find writing song lyrics? Do you? Um, I do. Well, I'm more of a co-writer, but I, I mean, I love to be involved. You know, if, if there's something that I want to put on top of it, and I think that's the beauty of it. When you create together, it's like mm. some person came with you know, with a concept of the, having the lyrics about this and that, and you're not even sure. You know, you, unless you maybe have a very open conversation about it, yeah. but then you have your own interpretation if you go through that, whether that's the music or the lyrics, mm -hmm. and you add something to it, and it kind of makes sense, but the sense gets maybe broader, or it can have even more interpretations then, and that's beautiful. Yeah, and it, it will become a collective sense yeah, then, it's not... exactly. Yeah. Or each individual in the band could have a completely different idea of <laughs> yeah. what the song is about and what they think it is about, you know, what they take from it. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it, you know, Definitely. so, yeah. Some people could hear um, a song and think that it makes them really happy, but then the lyrics are super dark, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they're, they're still happy hearing it, mm. you know, so... It, Whereas another person's like, oh my god, that song is like, makes me so emotional, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And the other weird thing, I was listening to Six Music the other day and somebody was talking about like how music, how songs change over mm, time. You yeah. listen to a song 20 years later and you're like, fuck, that means so, so much, much more, <laughs> so much different, so many different things different to me meaning, now yeah. than it did back then. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's hilarious sometimes, actually. I mean, it took me it took me a while to understand the Spice Girls to become one. <laughs> <laughs> Good example. You know, that really took me a example. few years, and I was like, did I really sing that in the car when my parents were driving me around? When I was like ten. You know, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. That's a great example, isn't it? Because there's, there's an undertone to that that's, that's, yeah. that's not understood. Uh, yeah, until you're a little bit older. Ah, oh, what is it? Do you have anything that you can go to that like always lifts your spirits, that always like yeah. makes you feel good? Definitely any beach in the world. I think if I need a break from, you know, craziness, can become a bit overwhelming in London and in music. Being in nature is literally the one thing that saves me in my mind because you just shut up you like you turn off your phone and just listen to music and like chill at the beach or like take a walk and through the forest or something like really grounding i think staying grounded is really important yeah so, one of my yeah. questions is like do you have a mantra for your life or do you oh, have yeah. like any sort of um approach to like life a, a way to go by yeah um I think in an ideal situation, like the you know, if you want to call it a mantra or whatever, I think it would be 
dive in, dive deep. So, like, once you go for it, you go for it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's like the ultimate kind of way of living for me, which is difficult, you know, but maybe that would be it then, yeah. Cool. I guess I don't want these things to be like prom a promotional tool, like a no. lot of interviews are, where it's like, oh, so what? what's your album that you've got out but I guess it's good for people to know for example like where can people see you play mm -hmm. coming up where can okay, cool. where can they buy your music if they'd like to yeah. so um, in terms of gigs I will be touring with Queen Kwong in July so we'll have a tour throughout the UK a small one you know Instagram you know Cheryl Pinero or CherylPinero.com there's all my tour dates on there if anyone you know just tweet me <laughs> there are people can find you now yeah just find me on Twitter and tweet me send me a message great well thank you very much for talking to me I thank really appreciate that it's been lovely to speak to you yes you too thank you that was Cheryl Pinero uh, an absolute joy to talk to her um, and I make no apologies for sounding like a fanboy during that interview try and rein it in a bit in future episodes okay next month we're talking to a computer game composer sound engineer and all-round top bloke so check it out it's going to be out in november like and subscribe the podcast share it around on anti-social media thank you very much for listening i'm midiera and i'll see you next month